Hello, and welcome to the Would You Give Me a Stage Hand podcast. I'm Toby Patan, and I'm a filmmaker based out of Boston, Massachusetts. In this show, I interview various professionals and colleagues in the entertainment industry and ask them for insights as to how they got where they are. I get them to share their experiences, struggles, and triumphs that comes along with being in the entertainment industry. Listen as I interview writers, directors, cinematographers, and entertainers in general, and pose the question, how far are you willing to go for a career in the entertainment industry? Today we're going to be talking about balancing the corporate and creative in a career setting such as the entertainment industry, because in my head that's how I divide the types of careers you can have within this sort of field. For instance, a job as an exec is going to be very different from a job as a director of photography. So let's talk about it. Every day I'm realizing more and more how precarious and difficult it is to have a job in some sort of creative field. like being a visual artist or a filmmaker, even a dancer, especially an actor, especially because what keeps you consistently employed is not entirely in your control. You're basically beholden to those execs and production companies if you're a filmmaker to keep you hired, from my understanding. And there's always freelance, and I've done some of my own freelance stuff, but freelance isn't easy either, and a lot of hustle goes into it as well. You need to have a website that's updated, an ever-evolving portfolio, your finances in check, be good at scheduling, and yeah, I don't really have any of those things. What I realize is that what I do have is the desire to work creatively because that's what keeps me the most stimulated. That usually translates to having some sort of production job like editing or boom operator, and I enjoy doing those things a lot, but I don't know how financially stable those jobs are. Surprisingly, and looking it up, Boom operators make more than editors, which is not what I would have expected um, as somebody who would like to get more into editing, um, but has like done way more boom operating and sound mixing in general. I honestly like doing production positions because it puts you on set. It allows you to see how the sausage gets made. On sets, I have worked as boom operator slash sound mixer, first AC, and set decoration. And I feel as though when you really love something, such as film or TV, you want to see all the ins and outs, which is why I love being on set. Although the days are long and often I'm only paid in food, it's just fun to be a part of a team in that way and know that when you leave set in a few months or in a few weeks, you're going to have a finished product that you can say that you were a part of making, which is the most special part to me. As a result of this, I've begun to explore more of my career options within the realm of entertainment, and I've actually been thinking of getting into music videos. I recently started working at a concert venue. It's really inspired me in terms of watching how the videographers choose to highlight the various acts of the performance, and it's causing me to think in a very filmic way, I, I just because of You know, it's what I studied and it's what I love to do. This morning, I watched a great music video. Um, It was for a song called A Good Thing by the artist Claude, and it was directed by Christina Zing. The first music video I watched that was directed by her was for another Claude song called Just to Forget. And I really admire the way that 
Christina Zing manages to evoke such story within a very short amount of time and within the time constraint of music videos. And again, that does have to do with the artistry that Claude brings to the table as a musician. I started following their work in 2018 when they performed as Toast with another musician named Josh Melling. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right. Now, Josh Melling makes music as JDM Global, and I just started listening to him, and he's great as well. I would describe Claude's music as soft indie bedroom pop from when you just want to be in your bag mixed with a little bit of indie folk. I admire how simple a lot of their music is, but you can also note very clear like progression and evolution in their work in a very short amount of time. I've been listening to Supermodels, which is their latest record. It's just such an easy listen and you just feel very open to all the emotions that they're expressing from track to track and yeah it just makes me root for them claude if you're ever looking for a production assistant for one of your music videos hit me up so i guess i just wanted to start off the podcast today talking a little bit about the art i've been consuming and what i've been enjoying as a segue into today's conversation my guest today is chima igbuzi a producer and creative based out of los angeles california he currently works in creative marketing for Max, formerly known as HBO Max. In our conversation, I ask him about what it's like balancing the corporate and creative and working for a huge corporation, and where he wants his career in TV to go from here. Thanks for listening. So I just wanted to have you start off with introducing yourself and describing what you do in the industry. My name is Chukume Buzie, I go by Chima, I am a Associate Creative Marketing Manager at HBO Max, specifically on the comedy um, slate. Um, so we do everything from like Curb and just like that, rap shit, um, pretty much anything that gives a haha. We are the ones who do like the launch campaigns in terms of social key arts. Uh, we help develop like trailers and promos with our creative edit team and everything that's to do with like talent management and talk chatting with producers and pitching them ideas for like how we want to see the season. Uh, that's usually where the marketing team comes into play. You studied economics and screen studies, correct? So did you imagine like this would be your career trajectory? Like so when you started your degree, did you decide like I want to go into film or I want to go into economics, but like I want to do more creative side? Like how did you develop like your your like your sense of like what what you wanted to do? So for me back then in college, I knew I wanted to work in entertainment. I didn't know how to because I didn't really see a lot of diversity pipeline, especially like Clark specifically. There wasn't really a lot of alums. Clark and so at least that worked in entertainment that I knew of uh, back then LinkedIn wasn't that used as much from people in entertainment so I'll say that I knew I wanted to work in it so I started to work in advertising and 
um that was kind of like my best way of seeing like a pipeline so like okay if i don't work in entertainment at least i can work in advertising and it's somewhat similar so that's kind of like how i wanted my paths to be i kind of fell into hbo max um to be quite honest um and it was just more about like having conversations uh with a lot of people and you know just being able to say yes when the opportunity calls um but truly i don't think that was something that i was like aiming for but it was definitely part of like a bigger vision board like when you take a step back like okay this is really what i wanted to do but i didn't know going in that this is what i wanted my uh, career path to look like so can you talk more about like what your day-to-day looks like like um like when you wake up in the morning like what is your routine like do you go into the office do you work from home are you sent on like to like outside locations i know that you were just at nascar correct with your with hbo so like talk about like how you what you were doing with that yeah so we have yeah so it depends on like what show you're working on um and also depends on what budget you have um because that really like depends on like what the marketing will look like um every day looks very different some days so like a project usually starts with like the key art and that's usually like what really kick starts like a campaign because that's what we have like those preliminary like conversations with the producers about like what they want and what they vision for the season um so we focused on like their social but focus on the key art and then we start really working on that once that starts getting approved or like we start getting to a place that is to get closer to the finish line we start to then start working on the social looking for like an agency um that kind of like can help us like produce uh the next campaign so the way it works is that like we don't really make everything in-house like we work with like other agencies that actually like bring that to life so for key art we work with agencies that have to actually do the sketches uh, once the sketches we get to the point where we're happy we send it to the programming team or tv um, development team and those are people who like work with the writers and the eps like super early on and so it's one of those things that once we pass all those uh approvals then we send it to the eps uh once that is done we uh go on a photo shoot if there's budget if not we just make it through the comps that we have from like previous seasons um and then social media similar experience too is that like we work with different agencies that get, help us and ideate with it and then we help them tweak it on what makes sense and then we pitch it to um the producers um and then also like with our trailers and promos um everything from like our 30 seconds five seconds six seconds spots um, that is actually uh, made by like our um, creative services team and so like when they send that to us we help like take, have a second eye at it and then push it forward um, I'll say that would be like a general set of outside there are times where like you know we're doing something for a show and we're trying to like promote it and you know we have different partners that want to host us for example NASCAR and Charlotte Speedway wanted to host us so that required us to be in NASCAR in uh, Charlotte and so you know, it was one of the things like, you know, the talent himself, Danny McBride, was like super excited to be there. Um, so I was there covering for social because I have access to the social media for the Righteous Gemstones. So it's more about like, okay, how can we show this event, you know, with the social media and kind of like h- hyping it up for like the NASCAR audience while also like making sure he's having a great time <laughs> and, you know, just making sure we're promoting the show in a way. So it's very different for different shows, to be quite honest. Like, for example, I might be at San Diego Comic Con for like a show called Young Love and, you know, they might require us to be there. We see like Matthew Cherry, we see like maybe Kid Cudi, we see like all these people and then we start having like a lot of questions that fans would want to answer. So it's different for like different shows for sure, but it really... 
Um, it's a fun thing just depending on like where your head is at in terms of like asking talent questions. Um, but every day is very different, trust. So would you say that you um, interact with like people in various departments or are you most, mostly just like in the produce, like interact with the producers? Like do you interact with like the writers, like post-production, like anything like that? Or is it more like stay in your own like little section? Um, definitely interact with like different people. Um, I'll say that we work with like a legal team, work with our strategy team. Um, it's a very like we're always slacking to a different team trying to figure out like, answers to something. So it's definitely like a interdepartment something. I feel like the best part is usually like where you don't even know like who works on what and this is like a wild goose chase and start figuring out like so yeah who works here, are they out of office, who's covering them. So it's like one of those things that's just like you have to work with different departments and it's like a step to step process, but it's great. Would you say that like your current position now is more corporate? or creative if so like how do you find the balance between like you know i have like higher ups to answer to and i need to like you know there's a budget for the work i'm doing so i need to like execute all of my tasks but at the same time i work in a creative field so i want my like voice to be heard and i, I feel like i have a perspective to offer like um yeah can you talk about that um i'll definitely say it's more it's definitely more cre- uh corporate than creative but it's like a 60 40 thing i do think we have the opportunity to be creative uh, for like how like a show comes out and like what the tone and what the voice is um because like tone is like a very important thing like you watch a show and you're like are you checking the social you're like that doesn't make sense like i'm somebody that if i see a trailer and i watch the movie and it's like the trailer brought me here but like the movie is just so out of tone definitely always bring that up with people uh, but we do have a lot of opportunities to be creative like if you're very passionate about a project like people speak up it's, I'll say like my job is a very opinionated job everything from the, who's the photographer for the TR to you know which agency we're going to use for like a social media um, uh, campaign like it's very opinionated so it's one of those things that uh, you still get to be creative it just really happens to be do you like the show uh, which I think that's where like most a lot of great creative comes from, uh, but you know I'm also being pushed to also like work on a lot of shows that even though I'm not a big fan, it's still like how can you make it better? And so I think that's like one thing that I'm trying to be like even though I'm not a huge fan of it, I'm like okay, what can I do to make it like so much better than what it is? So okay, I I remember you telling me this, but I wasn't sure. So when you're like tasked with a program, you get it before it's on air, right? Mm-hmm. what do you get from that program like do you get the script like do you get like the pilot do you get like a cut of the pilot like what material do they give you before you're tasked to with making a campaign for it i would say that it depends on what show depends on the timing too um sometimes like if you're super super early and they haven't shot it or they're still shooting we get the script if it is <laughs> a show that we are late on it's usually like oh we get the screeners which is basically like the episodes but it's like a soft lock um or like half um or lock shot of a lock episode of how it's actually gonna appear when it actually gets on platform um like on max or netflix so it does take time um but sometimes we get to read the scripts and the scripts are the same but then you watch it and you're like oh no like they definitely changed this or they took this out um so that's just and then updating the scripts sometimes can be hard because like you know production is like working and they have like a tight deadline so we on marketing sometimes don't get that like the latest mm-hmm. script um because someone <laughs> forgets to upload so we just like work with the best we can and try to like take out like the best themes um you know you mentioned that you work in the comedy slate like 
do does the department have different slates are there some people who work in like drama some people who work in documentaries some people if so can you go into that and if you're like friends with anybody in any of those departments can you talk about like how your experience differs from them and yeah i have a follow-up question but i'll just ask after so uh, we had a similar restructuring so before like i've been for about three years i'll say like we've only been doing this for like a year like when we actually like switched into genre it's pretty much the same thing to be honest like everyone just have their different strokes i call it like everyone has their own different stress um like you could be working on the white lotus you could be working on succession like things like that but it really depends on like if it's very anticipated you're going to be stressed if it has like a huge ip you're going to be stressed which is not a bad thing if you love the show but it's just like you know it's a lot of eyeballs from leadership um on like who actually is like you know watching it etc so that is something i would say that um everyone has different shows like for example someone i have a friend who's working on dune and it doesn't i don't even know when it comes out but like they're already like planning so much like a year or two in advance so it's like it really depends like what the budget is what the anticipation is uh if it's like a movie they like as you can see like the barbie thing is like a huge budget you know it's like everywhere is that with hbo no it's with warner brothers oh yeah oh okay so it's more um, like the uh the yeah. theatrical how do you pursue that word theater the, uh, theatrical yeah that's the word <laughs> <laughs> when he's bilingual um <laughs> Was there like a show that you worked on that got that had like started off with a smaller budget and then over time the react the like fan response and reaction surprised you so that it kind of grew and like uh, throughout seasons like I know I think my favorite show that you've worked on so far has been um, I literally forgot the name with uh, Gene Smart oh hacks and oh hacks <laughs> um, so yeah uh, can you actually just go talk. A little bit about the experience working on hacks because i remember watching the first season and i like watched it all in like two days and like i'm following it as soon as seasons come out so yeah oh well i i worked on season two but i didn't work yeah so i worked on season two and my friends are working on season three i would say like there's shows that something like hacks for example that, that is blowing up it has i almost say like it has fully but i think like season three will probably be its time to shine there will be shows like I feel like White Lotus that like became like its own beast where like yeah. when you know I feel like season one was like oh if you knew you know but then season two was like, now everybody knows not celebrities yeah. like, right uh, so I think it's a good thing when a show blows but then it's just like it can get like from a corporate side of things so it can get like anno- not annoying but it can get very a little bit stressed of like when a lot of leadership is on it it's like what are we doing for critics what are we doing for this what are we doing for that and it's like it's not that we can't do it i think it's more about the timeline it's like everybody wants everything now and you're like you have other shows to also work on so it can be get very stressful but it's a good thing when like a show founds at home and like everyone loves the show but it can also be like a stress ball like a huge stress ball of like oh this is what you have to do all of that so what was like the thing that surprised you the most coming into working at a huge like multi-level corporation like hbo i think for me it was like i always think sometimes it's like when you work with influencers i always thought it was like everything was like organic like you know somebody was like oh my gosh like look at the product i'm on and i realized like oh my gosh it's just they got paid everyone is like you know so everything is kind of like a paid advertising and so even they are people who are like you know talking about brands that they actually genuinely enjoy i was surprised when you also realize like okay if you're talking about like a show that's coming out 
and you're seeing an influencer like nine out of ten they will probably pay to do that and even though they wouldn't put ad they make it feel like a very authentic iconic thing so it's one of those things that i would say like was a shocker but you know once you work on 10 work on 15 work on 300 it all becomes the same to you so you're saying that you're surprised that um celebrities will like just do brand deals just because they're getting paid or is it just like the the ease with I would say it's like the ease, the ease of like sometimes people don't even know what the thing is about, you know, but it's more about their reach, right? And sometimes it's okay. like, you know, we can also see like, oh, they see what they're posting. It's kind of similar when they do this, you know, but I mean, that was just new to me. That was something I didn't know like three years ago. I thought people were doing everything from the generosity of their hearts, you know, if you didn't see like a hashtag ad, but clearly I was wrong. So what I want to know the most is like what skills are the most invaluable to kind of getting working your way up to a position like you because i'm guessing that you have a salaried position and you know it's i don't know how high up it is but you it's for me it seems like you got there pretty fast like you were able to like network and like you know fraternize and like talk to people and kind of like mingle your way into the position also you are qualified but i think that um being able to, you know, uh, network has its benefits. And so, like, how did you get good at networking and, like, also living in a place like L.A. that is so, like, entertainment-focused? How do you, like, also, like, take a break and be like, I'm not networking right now. I'm just, like, hanging out with friends. Or, like, do you find that it's suffocating, like, being so industry-oriented all the time? Or, like, how do you find that balance? I think it's all about perspective. I think I try to do the second option because one thing you realize is like once LA is a place where you have to be a community and like once you know one person that works in the industry, they know someone else that works somewhere else, they know someone else that works somewhere else and then you guys like have like a kickback and everyone meets each other and then before you know you're networking, right, without really doing it. I would say like the biggest facade, I would say, if I'm using the right word, but like it's not hard to get into entertainment. Well, no, it is hard to get into entertainment, but... I think it's all about two things. It's like having someone who believes you and someone who's willing to take a risk on you. I think that's the biggest thing because people in entertainment have this wall of like, oh, if they haven't done it, they definitely can't do the job. And I think for me, I was just at a good time where like it was COVID. People were with, people were like just more humble, nicer, everything. So it was like a very different time versus now where like, you know, all the investors that work in entertainment are asking for their coins. And it's like, is there so much pressure? And that's why there's a lot of layoffs so that people can like cut back on savings. I would say that, you know, it's really about like having someone who believes you and like it's like they're looking, they're looking for fresh talent and like how they can work out. Because I really truly don't think there's any big qualifying thing versus if you actually know how to write. If you're a great writer, easy. If you actually know how to pitch an idea to somebody, beautiful. I don't think you need anything more than that. Every other skill can be taught. Because I feel like, for example, in marketing, like, you actually have to know how to market an idea. It's not just pitching it and, like, you know, that's one thing I'm even trying to grow up. Like, how to actually, like, pitch an idea to people and actually make sure that they are into it, like, they're excited about it, they want to say yes. I think those are, like, the little things you need. But I would say, like, writing is, like, one of the most important things. But also pitching and selling your idea and knowing how to be very articulate is very important in the industry. But um, also of that, it's just waiting for someone to take a chance on you. Um, and that's why like networking is also like important because there's so much networking that happens just 
within like going to a cookout going to this you know and that's why i was always telling people that you have to be in la like it's just all about like just being in the area helps a lot and the more you go to events the more you see people the more you see people versus more like oh let's grab coffee and network like it's you can but i found that it was it's just such a longer route versus me i'm just talking to someone that's like oh there's a job open oh there's a job you should definitely apply you know so it really depends on how you go about it um that's how i say about and that's how i would like think through the process would you say that self-marketing is important, like having a brand, like having your own like headshot, like business card, like being able to like explain your skill set in 30 seconds, like to a person hiring is like that important as well? Or is it more just like proving you can do it? I mean, yeah, but that's like baby steps, right? I think there's like things that you not think you have your business cards. No, I think you, have your, you need to have a LinkedIn. It's great if you have a website. I have a, yeah. Right. But I don't think you need to have a business card. Like that's so like old school. Like you can if you want. I feel like if you're a vendor, sure. But I don't think it's something that you need in this time and age. I think it's more about like knowing yourself, know what you can offer, know who you're talking to. It's kind of like doing your homework ahead of time. Like know who's going to be in the room, um, knowing what you're pitching them about. And you know, people are very busy. Like for example, you see how hard it was to even get me on this call. So it's like, it, it, it's one of those things that if you have time with somebody, you need to make sure you're using it to the T right it's not just one of those hee-haw you have to make sure that like you're very prepared and you're willing to like you know go the extra mile especially if someone is ready so that's how i go about it okay so obstacles aside um like meaning like skill set time training blah, blah blah you currently work in like the corporate side the creative marketing side but do you envision yourself pivoting anywhere within the industry like you know one day becoming like a writer director like executive producer or like showrunner blah 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 like do you want to stay within the creative side or like how do you want your career to grow from here i like marketing a lot i think so much you can do with marketing especially if you have a budget right um i do think that i see myself maybe pivoting in entertainment i might be in film i mean ent- entertainment not in terms of like series but i could also like move to music so i really think it really just depends on you know what the market is the opportunity of growth could be um i do see myself being an ep at some point um but like right now um once i get through this summer of like so much projects i want to like continue writing finish my pilot um i see where it goes like my goal is not to be a screenwriter i think my goal is to just tell stories of awkward black men and then you know see where it goes from there but i'm not really like trying to like hit big you know with like writing and everything so so like what are your favorite stories so far about like black men like black men stories like um and if you want to you can talk a little bit about the pilot you're writing yeah so like for me it's like i like telling stories about dating because la dating is something that i'm just so fascinated by like i feel like every time i go out i am only attracting older women and it's this very awkward situation where like someone is 28 I know I'm 25. Am I going to lie that I'm 25? Wait, 28 is not that older than 25. It really isn't. It really isn't. And you know what it is? And I think it's maybe because people have dated young people. So it's their head. It's like, nah, this is my boundaries, whatever. And I was like, okay, you know what? That's what's up. Uh, but I think it's just like one of those situations in my head. I'm like, do I lie? Do I'm honest? Like, do I like, it, you know, things like that. So that's kind of like what my script is. So it's more about like navigating the dating world of like, not necessarily like, it's kind of like, insecure meets guys and it's like how you can date or how how you learn to be a date or how you learn to be uh 
not necessarily like a schemer but somebody that like just knows how to play the game but it comes from perspective of people who don't know how to play the game i'm like i don't have game and so it's like how do you navigate like a place like los angeles um where like you know game is like the nature of the streets and so it's like how can you or do you even need to and in a way i want to like look introspectively of what that means as growth for men because um, i feel like some some people do like soft boys but it's just like it's also like a hard world for soft boys so it's like trying to really just show that narrative and see you know where it goes from there so um so was there ever a time where you were working like a film oriented job or entertainment oriented job in massachusetts or were you um in massachusetts i think i did like maybe like one documentary on like the muslim islamic center of worcester um really really shitty documentary that's how i knew i was not meant for that um that was the only time i don't think i sort of work like i sort of school no because massachusetts didn't really have a ton of film and things so it's like unless it's like someone's side project or someone is making someone's for an entrepreneur like a business that's pretty much all they have which is fine if that's what people want to do but i knew that wasn't my energy um new york is right. great but it's more like indie film right yeah that's i i only asked because like i feel like you knew like right away that your goal was to move to la and so once you did move to la like how did you get yourself situated and established like what was your like um plan of action and like w- did you like apply to jobs before you moved to la did you like send your resume around like did you start networking like what was your plan of attack i applied i got a job if i moved to la i will tell people that like that's more of the safety route right don't move here if you don't have a job but if you have a cousin if you have somebody where you can stay six months and just be meeting people going out i will say that is better uh, but it is like a fish in the water etc so um that's how to see it but like i think it's really about your network going to like events and like you really realize that everyone is like in the industry and you know so yeah something that i've like begun to realize lately is that like companies love to have these like informational events and like kind of sort of almost like mixers conferences but they charge like thousands of dollars for it and it's usually for people who are just starting like out in the industry or trying to become established so i feel like that's kind of like the opposite of like what how are you going to charge like two thousand dollars for an entry ticket for someone who doesn't have like that money is just trying to like get in but also i have done like a number of programs that you've recommended me and i i know for a fact those have been helpful so like how do you suss out like what programs are going to be helpful and beneficial like the nate parker film foundation which we both did and then you also did like a spotify program i think um like something music it was music related like i saw it on your linkedin it was like oh like add colors or something like that yeah yeah yeah. so can you like talk about how you find these programs and um the ones that have been beneficial the most for you in my experience i don't think anyone if you're a student or you just graduate from i don't think people should pay for like access to a conference like now don't get me wrong if they're things like culture con um those are like definitely worth it right i um um, same with add color too and you know I, I definitely think there is but you know there are always other ways of getting through it it's like can you be a volunteer right i think you know for me i don't think it makes sense to pay so much money especially if you're looking for a job but sometimes you have to do what you have to do and take a bet on yourself right and see where like it's gonna go from there so you know that's kind of like how i envision it you know instead of like 
paying for like events like that because sometimes it's like you might not even like meet the people you want to meet there but it's also i think it's great to go to conferences and go to panels but i really do think like there are like more opportunities to meet um other people like when you volunteer at those conferences versus paying for them it's you have to like really see what the return of investment is and see like testimonies and see if it's worth it So like what what type of panels do you normally see happening in LA like related to the entertainment industry like and how frequently do you attend them or is it more just like oh, if I have time I'll go or I know this is this will be beneficial uh, so um article is happening and close to the end of the year so I'll definitely encourage people to go to that it's happening in November um CultureCon happening in LA this one will probably going to happen in New York I encourage people to go to that too as well um, I don't know what else type of conferences that happen. I know they do happen, but it's just about like finding the time and finding the people. Um, but if I think of more, I can send you a list. But I definitely encourage people to go to those. It's always good to like meet people. Like I think you have to like be in like a like-minded space to be able to like find what your next step is. Um, you don't like you know. There's just strength in numbers and like going to more events and like seeing what people are thinking that can help you you know you meet a speaker you like what they say you chat with them you know do you go to like festivals at all or like do you not think that that those are like beneficial to meet people or like what like essence festival i know there's like pan-african film festival i'm not sure if that's in la but i haven't gone to those I, i've only been to one to just see my friend's film but i haven't really i would say like i mean you can like you can literally meet anyone from anywhere that's the best thing about la but i haven't gone to those as much but those are things i'm trying to do more um I think Pan happens in February, so. I personally, <laughs> I know you've gotten on me for this, like, my, like, there isn't really a lot of diversity in Boston. I mean, like, that's, anyone can have, like, any friends, like, of any race. I know that's, like, not limited to where you live. But I know that you, you said that you moved to California and, like, there's so many black people, you know, so many black people. Your friends with so many black people. Diversity is, like, present, um... Did, was that like something that you just found f- by the nature of being in LA or was it something that you had to like actively seek out like hone who you're spending time with because you're the the script you're writing is like very focused on you know like the black male perspective so obviously you're you want you're gonna want your team to like have like-minded like opinions on that and ideals on that so how easy was it to like surround yourself with people who had a similar voice to you versus like did you have to actively seek seek that out or just by the nature of being in LA such like a huge metropolitan city was that just kind of like a given um Los Angeles is like a melting pot I do think it is a it, it, it depends on who your friendship and who you attract I do think that especially working in entertainment there's so many people from everywhere and truly um not a ton of black and there are a ton of black people to be quite honest so it's just like it really depends on like what your energy is and who you're trying to attract like if i go out like in a nightclub i might see like more black people if i go out during the day like so i would say it really depends on like what who you're trying to surround i will say entertainment you see everyone from all ages again i am usually always the youngest person so it's this very awkward situation where i'm 25 imagine two years ago i was like what 23 and people are like 28 27 29 and i'm like you know, and everyone is always in awe of like how I'm in the industry so young. But again, I do think it's about people who believe in you. But I, I would say like LA is a place that you can you can kind of choose how you want your community to be built. 
Um, I have a friend who has a lot of white friends, then black friends. I have a mix of everybody. Um, so it really just depends on like that energy and how you go about it. So, do you ever encounter any like set challenges to being so young in the industry, like people not taking you seriously, or like people being like, "Oh, you still have a lot to learn," or is that does it make you feel like isolated at all, or like give you kind of like a big ego because you feel like you've kind of like really hustled your way into a industry that is so hard to get into? Like, what is that like being like? so young and established it does happen i am young you know and i think i am learning like the one thing about me is that i'm big on growth um because at the end of the day it's like in my head i'm not i'm as an employee of hbo max like i'm not like only trying to be that person forever like i'm trying to see how can i grow as an executive right like a marketing executive so for me if there are if there is feedback that actually makes sense to me that i feel like okay i found the bag i will happily take it because i want to be better uh, there are times that I'm not good at things, and I feel like when people look back, they were not doing the same thing I was doing. I'm trying to. So, if it, if the feedback makes sense, I take it. If it's not making sense, I don't take it because I'm like, okay, that's BS, you know. But I will say that I think it's young to still be learning. Like I think God did bring me here for a purpose, and so it's like I want to learn as much as I can if I head out, and you know, and or if I stay. So it's you know, it's just one of those situations that I'm just trying to do the best I can and see how much I can grow uh, before you know, the next step, wherever that may be. I don't really know how, if you've been following at all, but the, like, the strike that's going on, like, the writer's strike, has that, like, affected HBO at all, like, in terms of putting out content, or, like, how is it infect- affecting your guys' like, department? Not as much, I would say. I mean, maybe, like, the writing, the writers, but, like, for marketing, not really. Like, maybe, like, in terms of approvals, or specific things that we want to get approvals on, um people might just not respond to emails or like we can't like have like maybe like events because, or like talent probably cannot go to specific events because of xyz because i'll be crossing the picket line things like that might you know might stop a talent and that might be like oh we wanted to get this person's person have higher reach but you know nothing i can do about it you know i'm just like this is just do my job clocking in is there like an clocking in- out <laughs> Is there like an anticipated end in sight for the strike or are you not like sure about that? I have no idea. You probably know more than I do. I don't know. I'm just like reading articles and stuff. Like I'm trying to have more coffee chats with people who actually write so I can actually learn, you know. Last question is, um, it's more like uh, asking people about their work and like projects they've been putting out. Um, But um, it's when you describe your work to other people and when people finally do consume your work what do you want them to think like what do you want their takeaways to be and what do you want their impression of you as an artist to be like now and like moving forward i mean i, I think like every other artist that people want people to feel something i want people to think like something they didn't think about i want them to be stopped when they think about things i think for me like with my writing i want people to actually be like oh shit this is like my friend and i understand it you know uh but you know, I'm still like developing. I'm still thinking of where I want to be, but I want to be a basket without dying. So, <laughs> so it's a process, but I need to like get through work and then see how I can balance both sides to be able to do that. But I do see myself being at the helm of a really big company at some point, probably not in the US, probably in Nigeria. Is there anything you wanted to promote or plug um, for people? Or do you want people to like follow you on Instagram? <laughs> You know. <laughs> okay, well, Mans is underground.
And that concludes this week's episode of the Would You Give Me a Stagehand podcast. Thank you to Chima for being my guest. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And why don't you go ahead and leave a review? Five stars even. Help a young man get some traction. I would also love to hear your feedback or if there are any particular topics you'd like me to cover or any specific job roles you'd like to learn more about. Leave that in the reviews as well. Thanks for listening.